We are just one day away from the Sweet 16 live at TD Bank Garden in Boston. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Nanziel. And this is the state of the Nova Nation. The Cats are shipping up to Boston. They had a few mishaps along the way with the snowstorm that just plowed Philly. But thankfully, they were able to find a way to get that bus to the airport. Get that plane to take off and they ride safely in Boston. I don't know if you saw that on social media, but there was there was a good while there where I was a little concerned that this would totally mess up their mojo and they wouldn't get in until tomorrow or something unfortunate like that. I I wasn't aware at the time, but I was eventually informed that this had happened and I was like all right, well, that's that's kind of sucks, and this this is just one of those stories that always seems to happen, like right before like a big series or a couple of big games and, and any type of playoff, and it just it obviously it just it ends up meaning nothing in the end. So it's okay as long as they get there safe, it's fine. I think I'm trying to think of the one time there was something similar to this. I think it was like the Vikings against the Packers. Like the Vikings flew into Green Bay and like their plane skidded on like the runway and like that was like a big deal like for the whole week and then I think the Vikings ended up winning. I, I, I honestly don't remember but the, the, the point of the story is it's it's moot. As long as they get there, it's fine. The other scenario that I think comes close to it, well it definitely surpasses what happened yesterday, but last season when Michigan's plane crashed and then they come back the next day, play the first game of the Big Ten tournament and then from there they won the conference championship. So. Yeah, crazy things have happened. Thankfully, it wasn't that bad where their plane went down. But we're hoping that Villanova can go into this weekend, get some two big wins, and then hopefully they'll be flying down to San Antonio where there'll be warm weather, no problems, no snow, and hopefully won't get another nor'easter like that again. So the Cats are starting Sweet 16 play tomorrow night, 7.37 tip-off. Gotta love those random start times that come with the NCAA tournament. Chris, we have a former Big East foe, a team that Jay Wright's pretty familiar with. Bob Huggins, he's familiar with the Wildcats, the West Virginia Mountaineers of the Big 12 Conference, affectionately known as Press Virginia. What stands out to you about this team? We know about this press. Do you see them going with it? Do you think it would work against a team like Nova? Do you think Nova would have a hard time against it? This is a pretty tough defensive team, but would a press even be effective against a team like Nova that has so many different shooters, so many different weapons? Yeah, this is kind of a catch-22 for Coach Huggins here. It's tough because you want to press because you obviously want to force some commotion. You want to force Villanova into mistakes, and I think Villanova is, is sort of prone to that. I don't think they, they are as years past, but I think they are prone to it, and Virginia's press is obviously good, and it could force some turnovers. But at the same time, Villanova has the athleticism. They have the players to obviously break this press. And they also have the best offense in the nation. So if you're willing to press, that means you you better be willing and able to sustain getting burned. Because if Villanova breaks that press, you, you got to think they're going to be lighting up West Virginia early on. So now if Coach Huggins is fearing a potential burn by Villanova's offense on the press... Like, are, are they going to be able to keep up? If Villanova gets off to that early start, that hot start with pretty much a home crowd behind them, are, is West Virginia going to be able to make up for that? I know West Virginia has a pretty good offense themselves, so it is very possible. 
But another thing to look at is if the press is broken, West Virginia's three-point defense is, what is it, like bottom like 50 in the nation, bottom 60 in the nation. It's absolutely horrendous. And I think a lot of that is because of, of the press. And as a result, they leave a lot of people open, prone to some kickouts every now and then. So that favors Villanova mightily. But if Huggins just says, nah, screw the press, we're just going to play half-court defense, then I think I think West Virginia is going to have a little bit of an easier time on defense for sure. Currently on the website, we do have a couple of different previews. We have our regular standard preview, but we also have a Q&A done by Catherine Ryan with the guys over at the Smoking Musket, which is the West Virginia SB Nation sister site. And if there were two things that they described or mentioned about their defense, it's that one thing that they love Bob Huggins for is the way that he's able to adjust and throw a few wrinkles out there that teams usually don't see. And it's something that he throws in to adapt to whatever opponent he's playing against. Now, whether or not this works against Villanova, whether or not it's effective, it remains to be seen. But he did mention that the second thing is when the press isn't there or if we're not going crazy with traps, there is a 1-3-1 zone that Huggins has also that they can use when they're in half-court sets. So nothing as chaotic, but they can adjust when needed. It's not just all about the press, all about high-pressure D. I think, like you said, I think they're definitely going to try it out. We're probably going to see some variation of it. Whether or not it stays that way the whole time, I don't think it will. I don't think it's possible for him to just ride it for extended periods of time. But I'm sure it's something that he'll be shuffling around with in terms of defensive sets and defensive schemes when it comes to playing against the Cats. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what Huggins rolls with, especially at the start. I think we'll get an idea of what the tone is going to be early on. If he's pressing early on, then obviously he's probably going to stick with it for a little bit. But like you said, he's probably not going to stick with it the whole game. If he just wants to play the normal half-court defense or maybe a little bit of a softer press, then maybe Villanova might have to is going to have to adjust offensively. We'll, we'll see. There are no slouches. Like this is not your typical five seed. Like this team was ranked second in the nation as of like January before they hit like a midseason swoon. Like they they are an awfully good team. Feel they were a little underseeded, but that they did have a rush stretch in the middle of Big Twelve play there that kind of justified them dropping a few seed lines. But at the same time, like they are awfully good. They have an awfully good offense. Javon Carter, I think it all kind of starts with him offensively, senior guard, leading the team in points. And then you have the big shot blocker underneath, Kanate underneath. He was third in the nation in blocks, uh, not to mention Javon Carter was fifth in the nation in steals. So they have great players. They are they have a good coach at Huggins. They were h- highly ranked at one point. This is not a five your typical five seat to just take lightly in a Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that it's kind of forgotten because they were right up there, especially earlier in the season. They were in top five for a while. And then it was just something that just kind of got forgotten as they hit that awful month of January where they just struggled and lost five or six different games. Javon Carter is definitely such a talented player. He does everything for West Virginia. He scores, he rebounds, he assists, plays crazy swarming defense, racks up steals in that press. And he's also a big-time player that delivers in big-time moments. I think if Villanova can shut him down, slow him down, that'll help out their winning cause by miles. This guy is so good, and he's definitely the heart and soul of their team. This guy, the Smoking Musket, he said that he was the equivalent to Jalen Brunson 
I don't really think they're on the same level. I think I'd rather have Jalen Brunson over Javon Carter any day. But he's definitely really good. And even if you were to take away Jalen Brunson, or if you were to take away Javon Carter, the difference here is that Villanova has so many more options, so many more weapons. And that's something that West Virginia doesn't really have. And he really does everything for them. He's their main facilitator, playmaker. And without him, this team does not look as good. And I guess you could say that for any star player. But he really impacts the floor in so many different ways. And there's not a single person on that team that can come close to simulating or putting in quality bench minutes when he has to take a spell and catch his breath. Kanate, he's definitely a menacing guy down low. It's not going to be easy. I would love to see how Villanova is able to adjust or get him get him working inside. Or maybe if Spellman is hitting from deep early, he'll have to come out and respect that. Kanate, he is a shot-blocking machine, averaging over three a game. Third highest in the regular season. Daxter Miles Jr., he's another scoring threat. Not really a perimeter shooter, but he's a guy that can get it done and is second in command to Carter. And then Issa Ahmad, he was injured in the beginning parts of the season. He's been having a pretty decent tournament so far. He's another scoring, rebounding threat. Almost had a triple-double against Marshall in the second-round game where he had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. So, you know, he's no slouch, but at the end of the day, this team is all about Javon Carter. And if he's not there, this team's going to struggle. For Villanova, I think that they should definitely take great care of the ball, which they do already. They don't turn the ball over that much. They have one of the best turnover rates in terms of offense. They don't really give it away to their opponents. It would be interesting to see if the press changes that. I don't think that Villanova's seen anything close to this West Virginia press. But as we've seen, the Mountaineers can't rely on it too hard because it, we're, we're just going to kick out all day. And when you have guys one through five able to take and make the three, it's going to be a long night for the Mountaineers, especially if everyone has a hot end and those threes are connecting. Yep, you're exactly right. We can sit here and debate should West Virginia press or not and whatever, but it really it all comes down to Villanova hitting their threes. We saw in the first half against Alabama that when, when they're not hitting their threes outside of Dante DiVincenzo, they look pretty bad. But when they are hitting their threes like they did against pretty much all the game against Radford in the second half of the Alabama game, they look like world beaters and probably will not be beaten this tournament if they do that. So if Villanova's hitting threes, the press is going to be non-existent regardless. So just as long as Villanova goes out there, plays their normal offensive game, it should be fine. But I mean, that always seems to be a flip of the coin sometimes with this team. But I, I believe with this year's team, they're they're more prone to uh, the shooting well. Obviously, they have the best freaking offense in the nation, and I can expect them to fully continue. Yeah, I think for either team, whoever can impose their will first, whether it's Villanova getting those three to fall or very early, or if it's West Virginia imposing its way on defense, forcing turnovers, not letting Villanova get into a rhythm, it's going to do great things for whichever team is able to get settled in first for their confidence. And that's something for Villanova, you definitely don't want a team like this to get all hype, get happy, get confident, feed into that defensive machine. This is a hard-nosed team. Javon Carter, he is a gamer. He is a fighter. And if there's one thing I love about the NCAA tournament, aside from the chaos, it's definitely the matchups, especially at the point guard position. I'm going to be sitting there and enjoying that Jalen Brunson versus Carter matchup. And I think Brunson comes away with that. And I think the Wildcats come away with the win on Friday night. I don't think that their stay 
in Boston is going to get ended early. Yeah, same here. I believe Illinois will win this game. And, you know, like I usually I'm a little more trepidatious about, about these type of games, but I don't know. I feel pretty good about this one. I don't know what it is. Like even like the Alabama game, like I was like, all right, like they should just they should just take care of business, no big deal. Yeah, like you were saying, you don't want to go start off slow. I mean, you will have the home crowd behind you. Hopefully, you'll have the Boston crowd behind you. Hopefully, they're able to feed off that a little bit. Just don't start off slow. Play your game. Hit your threes, and they, they should be fine. Oh, and also, I, I just want to bring up you, this is the second straight game we get to see a, a great point guard matchup. We had Brunson against Sexton, and now we had Brunson against Carter. And we didn't really get to see Brunson against Sexton that much because Brunson was pretty much on the bench the entirety of the first half. And then in the second half, there really wasn't much going on because once Bridges started going on a roll by himself, that game was pretty much determined and and it was just pretty much broken up after that. So if we do get a highly contested game here, which I do believe it'll be a close game, we probably will see Carter and Brunson going basket for basket. Hopefully it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I totally, that totally slipped my mind. We didn't even get to see Sexton and Brunson go at it a lot. And hopefully this time around, the refs don't call too many fouls or just kind of let them play a little bit. Because I would love to see what a guy like Carter does against Brunson. These are two very dialed-in, focused guys that I would say definitely fit the robot Terminator de- description. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's for sure. And it's kind of funny because Brunson's kind of like – you get like the offense-defense – uh, yin and yang type stuff with these players like Brunson's more offensive oriented but can play some good defense so it'll and Carter can is more is, is a really good defensive player but he does have high offensive ability so they kind of trade off in that that regard so it'll be interesting to see like when Jalen has the ball against a good defensive player like Carter so yeah it's it's going to be a fun one to watch but I think we're going to see the ball in Carter's hands more than we are going to see the ball in Brunson's hands more. And that's just because Brunson has just much more options on a much deeper Villanova team. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I think Villanova win. You know, some people, they're afraid of the press. They're afraid of press Virginia and what they can do with their trademark, hard nose, high pressure defense. And yeah, that, you know, that's something that we haven't really seen this season, but on the other hand, West Virginia hasn't seen a machine like Nova yet. We have six different guys averaging over 10 points per game, five different guys that are shooting just over 39% from long range. This is something that Press Virginia, you know, as great as they are defensively, this is something that this is an opponent like no other. So it goes, it really does go both ways, but I think Villanova's depth, the way that it's been playing, I think that they should be able to manage against the Mountaineers, and that they'll be going on to the Elite Eight, where they'll be taking on either Texas Tech or Purdue. Yep, so it'll be either a Big Ten team that we saw last year at their place in Purdue, or we'll get another Big 12 foe in Texas Tech. Yeah, and for reference, West Virginia actually beat Texas Tech by three in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. So Texas Tech being a three seed, West Virginia being a five Pretty much about the same. That just goes back to that whole underseeded thing. Purdue, we've seen them before. A few different guys here and there. This is a matchup that we should have probably had way back when in the Battle for Atlantis, which feels like years ago. I don't know why it feels so long ago. But we may potentially see it in the NCAA tournament if Texas Tech doesn't have other plans and robs us again of this matchup against the Boilermakers. Chris, which team would you rather Villanova face? And which team do you think would be the bigger threat overall? 
See, I try not to uh, think about this stuff until Villanova is securely into the next round before I start worrying about opponents. But, you know, since we're doing it now, why not? If I had to pick one, I, I guess Purdue, and that's only because Haas is hurt. But, I mean, at the same time, like Purdue's, Purdue's pretty good on, on the, at the guard position, and uh, both Edwards is uh, scared, scared the living daylights out of me. But at the same time, Texas Tech does have a, a pretty good team themselves. But I, I'd, say, I'd say Texas Tech would give Villanova more problems. I, I think they're just a better rebounding team. And without Haas, I think Villanova will win that game if it just comes down to guards and small forward play. That's why I'm kind of more leaning towards, all right, Purdue, let's see if you can do us a little solid here. But at the same time, Villanova can easily fall to Purdue with the way their guards play. So, Yeah, Purdue definitely has a lot of length at every position on the floor, even the guards too. And both Edwards are definitely scary. They both can score. They both can rebound, assist, play defense. And then you have Haas in the front court being that big seven-footer that makes it difficult for any opponent on either end of the court. But as we've seen, he is injured. I don't know if you saw this, though. Apparently, a whole bunch of Purdue engineering students are working on designing a brace that he could use. We have a great Villanova engineering program. Where were they for all these hand injuries? The class project for every engineering class then at that point just becomes a, a, what, a prosthetic hand at that point. <laughs> well, I don't even know what they would come up for the broken hand. Just a, a magic elixir of some sort. A mechanism that you could put on your hand that would not only support it, but also have maybe auto-aim. So you can just fire away and make <laughs> your threes at will. Yeah, that, that would have come in handy uh, for sure. But I don't know if the NCAA approves that. But if the, if it was for uh, UNC or Duke, I think they'd, they'd allow it. So that's okay. Oh, yes. Grayson Allen. Oh, I don't see what's wrong with that. You know, it's just a cool wristband of sorts. Well, no, no, no. You see, Eugene, they wouldn't make it for his hand, for Grayson Allen. They would make it for his leg so it could directly target everyone else's legs for tripping purposes. So let's let's not get ahead of ourselves with that. Or he could have an iron butt. Because as oh, we've seen, yes. he's been using that. Yes, he's he's kind of forgotten about the legs. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Like a like a little uh, inspector gadget thing where he just hits a button and his butt just extends and then the whole team just falls down and then dude gets a layup and no no fouls called obviously. Exactly, exactly. And and suspensions. Who who needs that? He's a quality yeah. guy. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. That's what Coach K says, and what he says is gospel. So it's fine. It's like when Jay Billis interviewed Rick Pitino after the Louisville thing. Oh, I know he didn't do it. He told me he was sorry and that he did. <laughs> That's the best. So going back to Texas Tech and Purdue. Yeah, you know, at Purdue, the Boilermakers, they have great size and length. And then they also have Dakota Mathias, who's really stepped up this season after not really having a great role on the team for the last couple of years. As for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, this is a team that has that stud guard that can just carry that this team. And he's been playing very well as of late. Keenan Evans, he's been dynamic. And then they also have a couple of solid guys like Jared Culver and Zaire Smith and a whole lot of depth. They can go. Also, I don't know if you remember this guy, but Tommy Hamilton the fourth. he used to be a DePaul forward. He was that big man who could also shoot threes. When he transferred, he actually went to Texas Tech. And I did not realize he was here until I looked at him a little more closely. And I was like, oh, wow. 
wow, he, he's probably loving where he is now. He's definitely liking where he is now and probably does not miss DePaul because he is enjoying this NCAA tournament. Yeah, on the air, he saw a little bit of a reduction in his uh, in his minutes as compared to DePaul, and his scoring took a hit, but I bet you 100 times out of 100, he would rather be playing on a tournament team <laughs> than playing anywhere near uh, Rosemont for DePaul. That, that, that was a smart move on his part, for sure. Yeah, totally. And he's playing alongside Keenan Evans, who I think probably one of the best players in this tournament so far. He's had back-to-back 20-point performances. He's put his team on the his back. He played very well against Florida in that tightly contested game where he had 22 points, shot 8 of 14 on the floor. He's more of a slasher type of guard, but if he gets hot from deep, he can occasionally make it, and once he starts rolling, he can fool some teams. He hasn't been shooting that well from long range this season, but he's shown in the past and has flashed it here and there that he can make those three-pointers and that he is a threat. And he's and when he's cooking, he gets his other guys around him cooking too. This Texas Tech team can be pretty dangerous. But I did see them once earlier in the season, and they lost to Seton Hall by 10. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it's never really a, a smooth transition over since we swept Seton Hall and all that. This Texas Tech team, they're definitely no slouch, and they look pretty good against Florida, and they've looked pretty good so far this tournament. I don't know how they're going to deal with the length that Purdue has. If Haas is not in, I think this might be the team that we play against in the lead eight, if we advance. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, what's his name? Uh, was it Harms? Matt Harms? He's got, he's got another double A in there. Yeah, Matt Harms. Purdue just loves their double A big men. He filled in uh, admirably for Isaac Haas this past round 32 game, but we saw Butler give that Purdue a game. But we also saw Florida, who I really didn't think was all that great, but they gave Texas Tech a game too. So it's they're not exactly playing. They're playing good basketball, but it's not like they're blowing out teams on their end. So we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a close matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a great follow-up to what can potentially be a great game between Villanova and West Virginia. And I think all eyes should be on this region. It's gonna, it's the closest we have to a chalk bracket. I think you're getting the best teams in this region playing each other at this point in the game. So hopefully uh, get some viewership with that. And hopefully Villanova is able to beat West Virginia. And, you know, honestly, it's pick your poison with Purdue or Texas Tech. It's Texas Tech's guards against Purdue's length. That's not really there anymore because they lost Isaac Haas. But they still have both Edwards's. And one being the guard and one being a forward. So tough call. But as long as just for Villanova's sake, just win your game and worry about the opponent later. Harms is definitely a big boy. And he's only a freshman too. That I found a little scary. I didn't realize that. I thought he was like a sophomore who maybe barely played last year or some guy coming off redshirt year. But he's a freshman and he's seven foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's a big boy. He's not as good as Isaac Haas yet, and I'm sure that's something that'll come with experience and time. But as of right now, he's just not the same player or close to it, really. I think Villanova should be fine for the Sweet 16 game, which once again tips off at 7.37 p.m. From there, we'll worry about this Elite Eight game against either Purdue or Texas Tech if Villanova advances. Now, Chris, I know you were at Boston last week. Went there a week earlier than probably the rest of the Villanova community. Are you going back up there? Yeah, it's uh, it's looking like a no for on my end. Unfortunately, I would probably be only able to attend the Sunday game. 
but obviously I'm not going to buy tickets until Villanova officially advances. I don't, I don't know when that game time would be. And then the, to watch that game and then make the trek back for work the next day, that would be a little rough. So I'll, I'll watch from the cover of my home. What about you? Are you going as press for anything or no? These are all great questions. Um, I wanted to go as press. Unfortunately, my other job was not really fond of me taking another uh, another few more days off, especially with the snowstorm. Quote, unquote, snowstorm wasn't that bad yesterday. And last week I took off like four days to cover the whole Big East tournament for someone else. So I, I had made a little bit of a compromise where I'm trying to arrange that I might have to sit this one out in Boston. I'm definitely be watching. I'm trying to go to a few game watches in the city, possibly. If not, I'll be watching from home. But a compromise where if I can't go this weekend, I'm trying to get the big one down at San Antonio. Yeah, that'd be great because we didn't get the opportunity. Yeah, I guess we didn't really get the opportunity to go our senior year. We were kind of looking into it, but that was just a little tough logistically. But, you know, now that we're out of school and we could four things working now. So I think uh, San Antonio could be in the cards for you. And I, I hope you would have the uh, chance to go and, and cover a final four for the first time. Yeah, it was one of those things that when I was a senior, I remember being so conflicted, like we covered the NCAA tournament up to the final four. Do you go down there or do you stay on campus? And for me, I, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to stay on campus because you only get to ride on Lancaster once in your life. And you get to have the experience of being home and you get to, you know, run through the streets, ride through the streets, ride, celebrate on campus. And while going to Houston would be cool, I told myself that, you know, there's going to be a shot, hopefully, that Villanova is definitely going to make it back to the Final Four at some point. And when that day comes and I'm a graduate, I will go there and hopefully cover it. If not, I'll try to go there as a fan if I can't get that assignment. So I'm definitely, if it happens, this is a shot right here to fulfill that promise. Is this Final Four would be in uh in Texas as well, San Antonio? So it's like you never, it's like you got a chance to go anyway. Just a, a two years too late. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully, we'll have another magical moment like we did last time we were in Texas for the Final Four national championship. Who knows? Who knows? I, oh, I'm rooting for it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But let, let let's get there first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to yeah, say I'm like I'm yeah, not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to book everything or yeah. you know get hotels set yet until we get through this weekend. It's always one weekend at a time. It's like Jay says, we play 40 minutes of Villanova basketball, we will be fine. So first we got to play 40 minutes on Friday, 40 minutes on Sunday, and then we can talk about hopefully next weekend. All right, it's that time of the day where we crack open the mailbag. Look at any of the questions, tweets, and anything that people have sent us that they want us to discuss on the show. As always, you can tweet us at SONNPod or leave your question in the comment section of a podcast thread, and we will answer them on the show. You can ask us anything. We'll answer them one by one. First question is from Mike Jacobs. I slashed my shin open at CrossFit and got stitches in a V formation. Is this a good omen? As long as it's not your hand, I think you're fine. I think it's fine on the omens stand. No broken hands. That's all that matters. If it was broken hand, then yeah, you'd be host. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, as long as it's not your hand, that's a good omen. Please not the hand. Anything but the hand. I did I did look at the picture of Mike J's 
injury, and this did not look pretty. But I would say it's definitely a good omen. Was it was it Tom Brady thumb esque, disgusting or or uh... no no I mean I, I don't know I, I'm not really I don't know what the word is it's escaping me right now I guess I'm not really uh, bothered too much by like injury photos mm. but uh, I, I don't think I don't think Mike J's thing is that bad it's just mm. more of like some people are turned off by scars and stuff right. but uh, it's it's a really a nice V it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice symmetrical V. If it is in the shape of a V, fine. But as long as it's not in the hand, it's even better. So, sure, let's let's just book our trip to San Antonio right now. Get well soon, Mike. Mike J. I I really hope that that injury wasn't all that bad. That 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 sucks. Yeah, he got it from box jumping, and that was always my least favorite activity from football. Plyometrics. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated oh. it. I remember the second time I ever did box jumps. I think it was on, like, the 36-inch one. I was a freshman in high school, and I busted my shin. It wasn't that bad, like, but it, it sucked. And I couldn't imagine what Mike's injury felt like because that looked way worse than what I had. Oof. Yeah, box jumps, uh, yeah, they're not a friend of mine either. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you had to do that for football day in and day out, <laughs> especially when you were probably exhausted in the middle, in the middle of a work, football workout. But, yeah, that's why you got to do it on those uh, – like those mats, like those just like stackable mats, like and not use an actual box because that they they will destroy your your shins, as evidenced by Mike Chase injury, and your injury as well. Yeah, what was terrible with ours is that we used these these weren't boxes; these were iron, rusty table looking things that I felt like I should have gotten a tetanus shot. Now that I think back at it, but. Fortunately, nothing bad happened. But here we are. Mike, get well soon. We hope that shin heals up fine. Thank God it wasn't your hand. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation podcast. Please subscribe to us if you haven't already. You can do so on iTunes, Podomatic, Google Play, or on Apple Podcasts. And also check back at viewhoops.com often and always. We have a lot of good content, whether it's feature stories, recaps, previews, Q&As, all your Villanova basketball needs. Definitely check out the website. Just every day there's just like two or three new posts coming out and it's a good time. It's the best time of the year. If you also if you haven't already, please follow the website at View Hoops on Twitter and on Instagram and you can follow me Eugene Pay at Pay 5 And you can follow me Chris Stanziel at the Stanceman on Twitter. Nova Nation, happy Thursday. We are just one more day away from Villanova starting its journey in Boston. Hopefully, they can come out on Sunday. And hopefully, when we come back on Tuesday, we're going to have a lot of good news to talk about.